practically middle-aged. The sheriff calls us outlaws. gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode 9 of the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. Uh, I am Ross and I'm here with Adam and we are the podcast that aims to disappoint you just as much as the WWE Raw booking room. <laughs> um, Adam, how's things? Yeah, good, thanks. You? I'm good, I'm good. Um, last episode we uh, took a, a wee trip back into our past in our younger years and, and uh, reviewed or, or did our top five uh, Wrestlemanias from the, the 80s and the 90s which was great fun how did you find going about looking at the Wrestlemanias your top five from the 2000s and the 2010s yeah it was it was good um, there's there's clearly no such thing as a perfect mania because there's some issues with every single one, even the ones I've chosen. But uh, it was good fun doing a bit of research, and there's there's some good events in there to pick from. Mm, absolutely. And uh, how's the how's the enthusiasm for like uh, the probably the biggest WrestleMania that there's ever been? You looking yeah, forward the, to to thirty seven? Thirty seven. The enthusiasm's low. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, um, maybe it'll come over over the next week and a bit, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not loving the look of the card so far. I've got to say, it's not got me gripped. I'm surprised. You you were just telling me um, before we started recording about how big a Bad Bunny fan you are, so I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, once, once it was explained to me who he was, yeah. Uh, but I suppose this being the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast, I'm probably not supposed to know who he is. That's fair. Just d- don't go full cornet and start calling him Bugs Bunny. That's <laughs> uh, too far. <laughs> anyway, shall we jump in? to our WrestleManias of the 2000s and 2010s. Yeah. Just a a quick thing before we get into this. Like, did did you watch a lot of these? I don't mean at the time, but recently have you watched a lot of them? Um, I have watched many of them, but not all of them. Um, So there's some that are pretty much in my head in terms of, like, ones that I knew I was going to have on this list even before I started doing any research, really, and I've probably watched them, you know, four or five times over the years. Yeah. And then uh, we got to the stage where I was... It wasn't as easy for me looking at the cards and thinking what happened then, what was going on then, and uh, I had to to rewatch some bits and pieces. So a bit of a mixture for me. What about you? Um, I watched quite a few of them. A lot of them, uh, certainly the kind of mid-twenties, I hadn't seen before. Um, which was quite good fun to go back and, and you know like pick through some of the draws but also pick through some of the cracking matches that I'd never seen before so that was really good fun yeah. um, in retrospect I was quite surprised how down on not just the current product but you know like probably the last five years that that I was I thought I, I thought I quite liked some of the more recent stuff but um, yeah I'm sure we'll get into it yeah Hit me with your number five. Okay, so my number five, which is the one that I just decided on earlier today, it was kind of neck and neck with another one, um, was WrestleMania 19. So. Okay, that's my number five as well. Oh, wow. What a coincidence. Imagine it went this way all the way through. <laughs> 
shortest podcast ever. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I was kind of, you know, I, I remember thinking it was pretty good. And uh, around that era, I was still watching quite a lot. Um, and then I, I went and looked at the card and thought, yep, remember this. Didn't watch rewatch it all, but I watched a few matches from it. Um, and yeah, I thought there was a lot of good in here. Um, and there's also some bits and pieces that I wasn't as keen on, which mm. which I can uh, talk about and go through. But uh, yeah, if it's uh, if it's there for both of us, um, I'll just if you want me to talk through some of the matches and, and my thoughts of them, and you want to chime in, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so I I think we were maybe similar on this, but uh, Matt Hardy. Um, was on this card and I believe this was during his version one. This was version one, phase. yeah. Yeah. Matt, uh, Matt likes you get the old internet explorer type thing yeah. coming at that. That's cracking. I think that was yeah. all him, I believe. Yeah. Um, and he, he was there with Shannon Moore by his side. That's right. Um, and taking on Rey Mysterio, which was the cruiserweight championship match. Um and Matt, yeah, Matt just, Hardy had dropped up according to who was on commentary here? Was it JR? So commentary here. I did make note of all of the, the commentary teams. Yeah, it was JR and Lawler, and I think Taz and Cole did, that's right, uh, did that's some right. of the, the rest there, of it. There was quite a lot of mention of Matt Hardy having dropped some weight to make the cruiserweight yeah. limit here. Which, yeah. uh, you know, it it kind of played into a bit of the, the sort of character that, that Matt was, because. Yeah. That obviously wasn't the case, um, and he was just fighting well over the the weight limit. Um, so yeah, a, a, a pretty enjoyable match, but I just really enjoyed the character. Um, brought back some some good memories for me of, of the character he was during that stage. Yeah, same. And I, I like the I like the the thing they had going on with Shannon Moore. Yeah. Um, as well, I also liked Rey Mysterio dresses Daredevil in this match. That yeah. was weird and cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, quite a quite a hot start, quite a you know fast paced start and things like that. Plenty of action on the go. Um, the the next on the card is one of the bits that I wasn't so impressed with, which was uh, the Undertaker against Big Show and A Train, and the whole mess with the Nathan Jones situation. Yeah. Who, I don't know if it was a case of he was never ready. Um, and they didn't want to put him in ring, and I know he didn't hang around very long after that, but, um, yeah, it ended up being a kind of handicap match, and then he does a, a run-in. Um, he does, just he does the one move that he can do, he does a spinning <laughs> kick. Yeah, <laughs> the whole situation kind of confused me. I didn't, I didn't know... And I remember even thinking this at the time, uh, I didn't know what was supposed to be going on, but where where this Nathan Jones character had uh, suddenly become unavailable for I mean they must know in advance if they don't want to put him in the ring did they know in advance and was it or was it like an on the day decision type thing um, just a mess I thought it's really odd imagine Big Show and Albert had, had broken the streak yeah yeah that that would have changed things pretty significantly <laughs> <laughs> wonder who would have got the pin oh dear mm. um so yeah, I, I did mention at, at the top. I, I wasn't impressed by everything on the card, and that was certainly one of the bits that uh, I wasn't so impressed with. What um, about Limp Biscuits? Um, rolling performance, Adam. What'd you give that out of ten? <laughs> um, Come on, you loved Limp Biscuits, but maybe, I think, maybe you didn't. I think there were, you know, uh, 
at, at the time there were a couple of songs I liked, but I remember not really liking Rolling. Um, yeah, not for me. I um, love the idea Undertaker and Fred Durst being friends. I know texted you that was when I was yeah. watching it. I, I can imagine a single thing they would have to say to each other. Yeah, that that's weird. Keep on rolling, baby. <laughs> Plenty anyway. of bass in the voice. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, the, the, there was that. Um, I I didn't and haven't watched the Trish Stratus Victoria match. I'll, ah. I'll hold my hands up on that one. Um, I, I could give you a comment on that. Um, okay. Jazz was a very proficient wrestler. Yes, um, and I've heard that quite a lot in in other podcasts as well. It wasn't um, the worst I, match in the world. And to be fair, I mean, um, Trish Stratus, who came in as kind of, you know, model type, um, she learned how to work as well. I'm, mm. I'm not sure where she was on that kind of journey at this stage, but she got there, you know. She, yeah. she was impressive uh, in ring by certainly the, the sort of mid-stage of her career. Um, and I think Victoria, a pretty accomplished worker as well. So uh, I, I didn't recognise Victoria. Um, she seemed to be playing a kind of, I don't know if she's going for a, like a kind of crazy stalker type character or something. Okay. Um, but I didn't recognise her, but I, I might not have been watching it this time. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the next up, they had the Tag Team Championship match with Team Angle, uh, Benoit and Rhino and Los Guerreros. And yeah. this is one of those, I'm not sure about you, but watching this in isolation... Um, without really knowing, you know, the TV at the time or anything like that, um, to, it, it seems like slightly odd placement for Benoit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I, I suppose he's he's a couple of years away from uh, reaching the the sort of peak, or a year maybe away from reaching the peak of where he got to. But yeah, I just thought this was it was an odd spot for him. Um, yeah. But I. Basically, I, I actually really like the whole team angle thing. Oh, me um, too. I, I've always been a Shelton Benjamin fan. Um, and I, I enjoyed the team. I enjoyed the story behind the team and, and everything like that. And, um, you know, Eddie Guerrero is always good value as well. Oh, definitely. And, and Chavo, uh, Chavo's an underrated yeah. wrestler as well. And especially in a match like that where he can come and do something and, and go back out. Yeah. Um, I th- this was a great match, I thought. Yeah, and I think it's always been said, and it's a fair comment, that if Chavo's surname wasn't Guerrero, you know, it'd probably be more highly thought of. It's just that comparison and that association. Um, but if you just look at him as a sort of standalone performer, it's very, very good. Mm. Marty Gennetti syndrome. A little bit, yeah. Team yeah. Angle at this point uh, really reminded me of the time that we went to Ingolston to see... The wrestling, yeah. Um, when the WWE came to WWF, came to Edinburgh, yeah. Um, would that have been round about this time? I think that must have been a couple of years after that because right. was I don't know if Charlie Haas was there. But just was Shelton Benjamin a, a I, solo wrestler? At that I point? think so. I think when when we saw it, he was in uh, like a, a triple threat match or something like that. That's impressive. Um, that you remember that. I just remember chanting his name. Aye. He was he was one of my favorite, like the slow chant slow of Shelton. Clap. <laughs> yeah, the two things I remember from that event: the Shelton chant and that guy that looked like Kane trying to offer us a burger with yeah. his bare hand that looked like he'd been <laughs> digging holes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I digress. 
Jericho HBK. Yeah, I loved it. Classic. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought again, it's not hard to get a, a story. You know, um, the story was pretty obvious, and all they had to do was kind of execute it properly, and they, you know, they did that very well. Mm. Thought Jericho's performance was was brilliant from a you know psychology point of view, mm. um, and. He's very believable as that type of character, or certainly in this era, he was, um, of you know being so desperate to prove yourself against somebody you really looked up to, and to an extent that you you know you maybe go a wee bit too far and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, yeah, just thought it was a, a great match. Um, very very much uh, you know HBK's referred to as Mister WrestleMania and all that, and I think. It's the type of match that that shows, you know, just how good he was on that stage so often because it's not the main event, you know, it's a little bit further down the card, but yeah. um, very good match with two excellent performers. Totally agree. I felt that this was quite similar in a way to um, Michaels and Flair, I think it's at 24. Yeah. Um, it's about halfway through the card. Um, it's got, there's, there's real significance to it, but it's not in the title picture or anything yeah. like that. I thought it was brilliant yeah um so yeah there's um after that i another that i wasn't very keen on in terms of the way it was executed um the triple h booker t i think we spoke about that before it's just yeah uh just i don't know ego trip or whatever but it just felt like you know booker had to be buried for whatever reason um and it's the kind of match where if you think what a win might have done for Booker T, but a win doesn't really do anything for Triple H. You know, mm. I, I, I just didn't didn't like the story, didn't like a lot of the way the story was told and uh, didn't really care for the match and just thought that the, the writing behind it was pretty bad, generally. Agreed. I'm with you. Um, and then we get to... <laughs> Oh. Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon. Yeah, I'm, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts. <laughs> I just hated it. <laughs> like, I've, I've, so I've got, I've got some notes written, and the main thing I've got written is Hogan v McMahon. If you're having a pensioner in a match, it can't be both participants. <laughs> and then I've said. Does a McMahon in a match really help the buy rate so much when you've already got Austin v Rock on the card? Why does McMahon have to be wrestling at this event? Totally agree. He's done it so many times as well. Yeah. Like, is 17 the first time he did it? Possibly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, like, there's a proper storyline attached to it. It feels like they did it with Michaels, they did it with Bret Hart, they did it with Hogan. Yeah, and, and I do think you know there is a spot for Hogan to be at this event and wrestling someone. I just uh, don't think it should be Vince McMahon. What about Roddy Piper though? Interesting. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, what about you? Uh, I, th- I, I I didn't want to watch it. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like that thing of going into the cinema and expecting the film to be absolutely terrible and, and it being like mediocre and thinking it was pretty good. Yeah. Um I was pleasantly surprised by okay. what it was. Okay. But the next match I thought for 
what it was and, and knowing a little bit of the backstory now about um, the issues that Austin was having. He'd been in the hospital and thought he had a heart attack the night before. Um, knowing that it's his last match, I thought this was tremendous. And if you didn't even have Angle Lesnar, I would just still put this on the list. Yeah, um, I think much like you, I mean, the, the match just as a match... Um, I thought was was good, um, but knowing everything that's going on behind it, and apparently, apparently very few people knew that this was Austin's last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Rock knew. Austin wanted to give him the win back, which I think shows you know the level of respect and trying to go out putting somebody else over, although not really somebody who needed it, but still you know. Um, but also some of the stuff I've heard about, uh, but. Um, at the end of the match, when Rock gets a beer and leaves it with Austin, speaks to him and things like, well, he's, you know, playing KO'd on the floor. Aye. And apparently he said something like, thank you so much for what you've done for me. I love you or yep. something like that. And I, I think, you know, there's there's obviously rivalry. There's, you know, a real life rivalry in terms of wanting the top spot and things like that. But I think there was uh, pretty clearly a, a hell of a lot of respect between the two and I thought it came across at the end of the match mm-hmm. even if you couldn't see what was being said and things like that yeah the rock kind of it moves himself in a position where you can't really see them talking but um, obviously with podcasts and things like that we know now that that's what was said um, I, I love this version of the rock character yeah the he's played the arrogant heel before but this this felt like a genuine sort of evolution of his character kind of like a Hollywood version of The Rock um, I thought it was great his music was different um, and the match was a bit like you know we spoke about Hogan Warrior um, and there's barely a wrestling move yeah. happened in the match Yeah, but it didn't matter I think they had you know they had the crowd eating at their hand again yeah. S- same as that match it didn't, didn't matter what actually happened in the match I thought it was really really good yeah um, and then yeah the uh, the main event after this um, there's there's a few things to talk about <laughs> in it um, so at one point that I've I've written again in my notes um, and it's not a, a dig at anything because I think the card is right and I think you kind of have to position Rock Austin very near the top of the card. Um, and I still, you know, think that the title match should be the top of the card. Mm-hmm. But I did feel like the, the crowd were a bit down again after the the Rock Austin Aye. match. Aye. And I think that that's natural. Um, so, yeah, that, that was my, my, my only real gripe. Um, and there's nothing you can really do about that, I don't think, in this situation. Because um, I think the, you know... The, the Lesnar angle match is a very good one. Um I think it it felt like the the first sort of crowning of Lesnar on the big stage. Yeah. Um and for it to be, you know, such a accomplished worker as Angle as the guy that, you know, puts him over is is a good story and there's a, a natural rivalry that would be there between the two, which yeah. plays into good story as well. Um but yeah, I, I mean, watching the match, there's so much that's so impressive about it athletically. I believe Angle's in pretty rough shape. 
in this match he, he needs surgeries and things like that he's just trying to get through it yeah um, and then obviously Brock jeez yeah that's it's horrible it. to watch even after all these years yeah is. and I'm, I'm watching it knowing that he's fine you know he's he's competing recently and all that and he will be back no doubt but I still watch it and just think that that guy's gonna die mm. you know it's terrifying um it just looks so uncertain and we've spoke about it before when you see videos of him doing it it just looks so easy to him yeah. doing that shooting star press but it's there's just something that he's like a um, he's like Bambi on ice up there but yeah when it comes down it's just it's just horrendous yeah. <laughs> it's just horrendous yeah um, but it's a good like it's a good match and obviously there's stuff that we know now um like Brock was out and Angle basically had to carry him through to mm-hmm. the end. And I, I was I haven't known that now, and I, I wonder how he managed to kick out. Yeah, you know, I, Angle covers him after he lands on his head. Yeah, and never, never, thankfully, having been knocked out, uh, I wonder how how long it takes you to kind of regain where you're at or what situation you're in and things like that because. Uh, even you know a simple instruction from Angle uh, to you know kick out or something like that is that can you process that? Do you? Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think it 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 showed the the sort of he's not even a veteran, is he at this stage? Angle, you know, he's been in the business a few years though, but it just I think showed him being able to take a lead and uh, get through it and get the, the, the right outcome at the end uh, which is it's, I think it's probably good for Lesnar that he was in there with uh, someone who knew how to do that yeah yeah so yeah so overall WrestleMania 19 is a good event would we agree with yes. a little yeah. bit a little bit of blips yeah as I mentioned at the start none of them are perfect but there's so much that's good in there um, that that's what just tipped it against another one that I was considering quite late on. Cool. Are you are you going to spill what that might have been? I don't. I don't want to until I know that it's not on your list. Okay. <laughs> cool. Okay, doke. So that's a uh, nineteen for both of us at five. What's your four? Okay, my four is thirty. <sighs> oh, thirty is my number two. Ah. Okay. Okay. So, so let's talk about that. What do you like about this? We don't have to. We don't have to go. Um, we don't have to go match by match. If you don't yeah. want to, I'm happy to. I um, uh, I don't think it's as relevant to go match by match here because for me, so much of it hinged round a story, um, and you know, it's the the Daniel Bryan story, yeah. and it's the kind of thing I've never really seen because I I, I was watching. Raw and Smackdown at this point when this was going on and I've never really seen the fans push for somebody to be in the main event and I think it's happened since actually but at the time I'd never seen it and actually you know have some success in doing it because it all kind of starts a rumble when he doesn't come out at the end and they they want him to be the last guy to come in and it's not him um, boo the hell out of Rey Mysterio yeah poor Rey Mysterio poor <laughs> guy um, and then you know it just builds from there and they obviously they start playing to it on TV because they've made the decision to go with it but I still think there's that you know 
annoyance probably among the McMahons and people like that that they had to do this because he doesn't look like what they want their champion to be they have brought Batista back to crown him I think was the original plan um, he was going to get a title run but um, yeah so basically story Daniel Bryan has to beat Triple H to qualify to get into the main event which is set as Batista v Orton um, so he can make it a, a triple threat by, by beating Triple H and there's quite a lot of emotion around, you know, the story and fans are right behind him and he kind of, he, he gets the win against Triple H, against the odds and then I think there's a, a bit of damage done to him in that match so you know that he's going to be up against it again going into the main event Yeah. Um, but the story's kind of, I was looking at the rest of the card and thinking the story is so focused on that um, the the Daniel Bryan against Triple H and then in the triple threat but there are some other decent things between that and the, the triple threat um, I did like the fact that the Shield were on this show um, wasn't quite as mad about the, the sort of team that was cobbled together that they were up against it's an odd match yeah, yeah. and I remember you know, I think the, the, the New Age Outlaws had, had kind of reformed for a one-off event or something like that, but we're saying, you know, who are these guys type thing? You know, who are these three? And it ends up culminating in a match, but it, it felt like even by this stage, the Shield were pretty far above that kind of level, mm. you know, just going up against a kind of veteran aging team. Yeah, it's interesting. That's a, th- a three-minute match for the Shield yeah. and uh, just a year on both two of them two out of three of them would would appear in, in uh, some form of the main event yep. the next year yep. um, and one of the the commentary team mentioned that the Outlaws and Kane are representing the authority mm-hmm. which I always which I thought was weird as well yeah um, but I wasn't plugged in at yeah, that I point think, I think the Shield were you know very anti-authority at that stage and I know that they'd been kind of either aligned with CM Punk or rumoured to be aligned with CM Punk. I can't remember the, the timeline of right. all of it. Um, and, yeah, but I, I thought, you know, it's it's their mania introduction, effectively, so I thought that was a, a good point to have on the, on this mania. Um, here's, a, here's a question for you about the Shield. Yep. Um, what do you think of Ambrose, Moxley, just in general? I... I kind of thought at the time that he was there that he played very well in a group um, and I, I liked him when he first broke out I never really felt like he got to what I thought of as main event level um, I thought he was a pretty good worker I liked some elements of the character but I thought it kind of became a bit of a parody mm-hmm. Um and I know he's, you know, said how much he hated a lot of the things he was asked to do and the storylines and things like that. Um, so I've no doubt he had very little input into to any of that. But um, I've, what I've not done is seen much of what he's uh, what he's done since leaving. And everything I, I hear and read suggests, you know, he's a he's a stronger performer away from those shackles. Hmm. And what about you? I don't know. I, I find him quite odd to watch. Okay. Um, I don't. I, I, th- I think now his character is supposed to be a bit of a badass type character mm-hmm. um, that he's playing in AEW, but 
I'm not really sure that I'm buying it. I'm not buying what he's yeah. selling. Um, yeah. I just, I just wondered. Like, I, I assume that your opinion. I know what your opinion is of Roman Reigns, although I think you're maybe coming round on this current version. Yeah, it, it was, it was more the fact that he was being rammed down our throats a bit. That, that was what you know. There wasn't the chance for anyone to make their own decision. You were being told this is the guy, mm. um, and. Ever since, you know, he'll turn aligned with Heyman, he's, you know, he's had great storylines, he's had good matches, and it's it's like he's a, you know, totally different performer. Mm. Um, and I just think he, he needed that. He, he needed a heel turn. He, he needed to be able to be a little bit more of an aggressive character. And I think that it just plays a lot better now. And I think when he, you know, does whenever it happens, hopefully it's not rushed. But when he does turn babyface again, I think people will accept it a lot better. Yeah, legit, legitimately. It's like the opposite, of Daniel Bryan, and what happened to him, I guess. Yeah. Um, what 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 are you saying about our boy Cesaro? Uh, uh, I mean, glad he had his moment winning. Um, uh, He's always felt to me like somebody who they could have used a lot higher up the card. So um, I'm glad they gave him the win, but then didn't really do anything. Did nothing with him. <laughs> yeah. This is seven years ago. Yeah. And he's still only now, he's probably in the same position. Yeah. Maybe a little further up the card, but it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll, is, is it looking like it'll be him and Rollins at, at Mania? Uh, is that, I'm yeah. Sorry. And I think that's it's a decent spot because it's an established guy he's working with and it's one of those where I, I go in thinking they could put him over, they might give him the win. Um, and I, my hope is that's a springboard rather than as far as it gets. Mm. Well, he, um, he body slams Big Show over the ropes here and it's pretty, pretty damn impressive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and JBL says that we'll be watching that for the next 50 years. <laughs> Whereas by the time WrestleMania 31 came around, I don't think anybody remembered it, but... Yeah. You tried. You tried, John. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you've got Cena v Wyatt part one on yeah. the, the the next match, and I know um, at the time I was really angry that they didn't put Wyatt <laughs> over. I, I just thought, really? you know... Yeah, I just remember thinking, Cena doesn't need a win here. You know, he'd already... Um, transition to being you know a bit of a Hollywood worker um, and I, I just remember feeling like you know put put the, the less established guy over on the big stage give him his moment but then maybe if that had happened well definitely if that had happened you wouldn't have had uh, what I found a very entertaining moment at last year's Mania so yeah. yeah I liked this match and I think I liked it looking back having already seen that cinematic match yeah. Um, from last year's Mania I, I liked the, the storyline about him wanting Cena to hit him with a chair and he wanted to bring out the darker side of him and all that I liked the psychology yeah. um, you don't really watch a, a Bray Wyatt match for his technical abilities you watch it for the storyline and the yeah. um, the psychology it comes with it so I, I also enjoyed it yeah. Um, yeah, similar to you, I think I enjoyed it more watching it now than I did at the time. Because mm-hmm. um, you can, it does foreshadow things that came, which is good. Um, and then there was uh, quite a big moment where Lesnar breaks the streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know, I can't, I'm trying to remember. Did you 
see this or are you only seeing this recently? Um, I didn't see it at the time. I had, yeah. no, I had no idea at the time. I don't know, I maybe saw it two or three years ago or something. Right, okay. So, yeah, this was like, you just didn't expect it because it's WrestleMania and it's Undertaker. And I think everyone had started to think, well, the streak will be his thing. He'll retire mm-hmm. at some point and he'll still have the streak intact. And then they they just break it and it it almost looks through the match. And you've got the crowd reaction, which is brilliant. You know, everyone's just looking absolutely stunned. But <laughs> it, it almost looks like it happened by accident. You know, there's like, because there, there isn't the, the normal match reaction and things like that, you're almost left looking thinking, was, was that supposed to happen? Uh, is that, was that the story? Was, is, and I think it kind of plays into this, but I think Undertaker was knocked out for a, a, a bit in this match as well. Yeah, he hit his head when they went to the outside. Uh-huh. Um, and, was, and apparently Lesnar had to call the majority of the match. Yeah, and... You know, obviously that's not the way it would normally be between mm. with those two yeah. in a match, and then that that kind of leaves you thinking: Well, did did they have to do something like this because was Taker out? You know, is if they had no option or something like that. And um, I remember even reading things like: Did Lesnar go into business for himself and things <laughs> like that? And um, I think you know it's pretty safe to say that much as the guy could win the vast majority of fights. He's a pretty shrewd businessman. He's he's not going to do something like that. Mm. Um, he likes his money, and he he pretty sure he will have enjoyed the payoff from all this. So, um, yeah, that, that that was a bit silly, but it just shows I think the the shock people had about it happening. Um, and you've got some brilliant facial reactions in the crowd, and even Heyman, who. Hi is, you know, the ultimate, my guy is going to win every match he ever has, but even he looks shocked. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Heyman is so good in this match. Yeah. Um, Especially at the end. Something that, um, something that I kept noticing more and more as I was watching these WrestleManias, as the years go on, the people in the front row are so disinterested quite a lot (laughs) of the time. Okay. Really confusing. And um, during this match, there's a lot of guys in the front row essentially like looking at their phones, yeah, chatting and all that. And then the three count, uh, after the three count, it's just like a switch flips and people are like, what? <laughs> what? It's so, it's so interesting. So obviously you've got that iconic photo of the guy with the gigantic eyeballs staring, yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is brilliant. But some of, like you say, some of the other reactions are class. Mm-hmm. So I think you know it's it's an okay match you know physically and all that, um, but Undertaker being out for quite a chunk of it will have had a negative impact I think on some of the things they would have wanted to do and and all that side of things. But this match is all about the story, and and that's yeah. what you get at the end of it. Um, I like that. There's a good build up pa- like WWE are amazing at doing these build up packages. Really, yeah. um, have you buying into the matches? Yeah, there's a really good story building up to this that eat, sleep, conquer the streak um, yep. stuff with Heyman. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you think about Lesnar being the one? Uh, again, at the time, I remember thinking he didn't need it. Um, and I know they played off it for a long time. You know, uh, all the phrases Heyman 
came out with over over the years about the fact he was the guy that broke the streak. Um, but I think you know Lesnar's a main event, or regardless of anything that happens in any one match, he's you know he just needs to. He could turn up at, at Mania and he'd be a main event, or you know. Um, I think had it been someone else, would would they have got the extended payoff from it? I, I don't know because WWE's so quick to pick things up and drop things and I think it would have been a real shame if you killed it and then didn't run with it long term. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of back and forth on it. There's, To me, had it been, you know, there's certain people that I look at and think could have really benefited from it but they would have maybe struggled to turn face after it. Um like I, I imagine if it had gone on a year longer or something like that and it had been Reigns or something like that that they had break it a guy that could have elevated but how would it have been received mm-hmm. um, oh aye, aye. Uh, and that might have been you know that might have had a the opposite effect to what you would want to I remember in the years before thinking um, I would have loved to have seen them have Punk do it when they had a match yeah. I thought he would have been a real because he could have been so smarmy and cocky and arrogant about it, you know, and um, played off it long term. Um, I remember thinking, not saying I think this should have happened, but I remember thinking, from a storyline point of view, Orton would have made sense because yeah. he, he came up killer. as the legend killer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know that there's been people after that I think should have done it instead of Lesnar but there were a couple before that I think could have made a lot of sense yeah I wondered I think it's 24 that he fights Edge is it? yeah main event yeah Um, like Edge was champion at the time Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have been used to elevate him but it might have been used to solidify him yeah Um, I agree about Orton when's he fight Orton about 21, 22 Ah, it must be right. around then, yeah. Um, the fact that it's got to thirty and it's twenty-one wins, um, it, like it, it feels like it was never going to be broken. I think you said yeah. that earlier. Yeah. Um, the, the the thing that bothers me about it, I, th- I think Lesnar's as good a, a guy as anybody that could have done it. I agree with what you say about Punk, um, the way that he was acting in that match. Um, it could have been something that they could have used coming out of WrestleMania with as well mm-hmm. like you say uh, it just confuses me that you need to have somewhere to go with it Yeah. Um, and Undertaker then is back at WrestleMania next year and beats Bray Wyatt and it, I, I just don't know if that makes any sense No, I, I think I, I remember thinking is that it? Is he going to retire now? Now that the streak's broken um, yeah I didn't I didn't think excuse me I didn't think they should have had him in a match against somebody up and coming and just have him you know beat that guy after mm-hmm. this um, didn't stick really him in sense. something a bit different yeah. maybe the next year yeah obviously you had Sting there the next year uh-huh. um, even if he was in that Triple H and uh, Sting match anyway anyway yeah. <laughs> um, but AJ Lee Winning the, the excuse me, um, yeah. what's her name? Vicky Guerrero. Vicky Guerrero. Invitational. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to see AJ Lee. Yep. Um, good, good character. Yeah, well, I, absolutely. <laughs> um, 
and then the main event. Like I, I think that Brian Triple H, if Brian Triple H had headlined this pay per view, it it would have been up there as as a one of the best WrestleMania main events. It was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and Triple H in two thousand and fourteen wasn't the same Triple H as you know the one that was in two thousand one, two thousand two. Yeah. Um, but even still, it was a really good match. Mm-hmm. The, the triple threat match is good as well though um, yeah and obviously it's just that whole story that, that culmination um, of, of Brian overcoming the odds especially after Triple H has been at him with a chair and all that yeah in that first uh, match I mean they really after clearly being reluctant to crown him they really do stack the deck to make it seem like a, a huge achievement when they do um, so yeah. you know, credit for that, um, because that that side of it's done very well actually. Um, it's a it's a shame he couldn't have. I think it was injuries hit him, just not not that long into the the sort of title reign, um, and then obviously more injuries and more severe ones that that almost cost him his career. But just to see him, I think at, at this point when you know the whole of the arena are, are chanting the yes, yes and things like that. And it's it's one of those chants that you think, is that really a thing? But it just <laughs> I don't know, it just kinda works. Yeah. yeah. It's really um obviously there's parallels between thirty and twenty and Benoit uh, going over in the triple threat match at the end as well. Yeah. Um and that's thirty, twenty and ten, I think you maybe said this to me, thirty, twenty and ten, where you have like a a kind of fan favorite technical wrestler. Yeah, I um, think uh, win the title. Yeah, it, it, it's it may just be a coincidence, but yeah, for it to be, and I know Brett had had the title before, but that felt like his crowning as the guy at Mania Ten, um, and then obviously Benoit at twenty and Daniel Bryan at thirty, and they're just all these, you know, really respected proper worker types. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it does seem like there's a little bit of a pattern there. This event to me felt special. That's why it bumped up to number two for me. Okay. Um, it just felt really special. And I think that thing of like 10, 20 and 30 all felt special to me. I'm sure we'll talk about 20 yeah. soon. Cool. So that's your number four. Yep. Okay, okay. Uh, number four for me was WrestleMania 31. Um let me make a list at all. That is the one that I excluded earlier today. Ah. I, I did think it would maybe come up because it was very close to being on my list. I had six and I needed to trim it to five. Ah, okay. Um, it's a it's a good show. I think this is as late as I go, 2015. Um, overall, there's not really a match on it that was worth fast-forwarding. I enjoyed yeah. all of them. Um, interestingly, I think every single match is less than twenty minutes, so you're getting like these kind of short, uh, short, short, sharp matches. Um, it's just unfortunate that we had a segment with Stephanie and Triple H and the Rock and Ronda Rousey. It seemed to go on for about four hours. Yeah. Um, but I just like kind of quickly jumping through the card to start off with the Intercontinental Title match. Um, Daniel Bryan one year on has been bumped back down to his rightful spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, put on a cracking match. You've got uh, Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, Ambrose, Ziggler, R-Truth, Luke Harper and Stardust. Yeah. Which, on paper, you think 
doesn't look the greatest looking thing in the world, but um, there's some good big big bumps here. You've got Harper and Ambrose. I think Harper at one point power bombs Dean Ambrose through a ladder that's yeah. on the outside. That looks absolutely brutal. Yeah. Um, it's a really good match. Sickler's always good value in a match like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's very, very good at taking bumps. He does it better than most. Yeah. Um, and a wee bit further on the show, we got quite a funny wee backstage segment with a bunch of all these different former Intercontinental champions doing the Yes chant with, with Brian. Nice. Um, <laughs> Steamboat, Bret Hart, Flair, Piper maybe. There's a bunch of guys. It's quite funny. Um, some other highlights. Roll- We've spoke about the Rollins... Or in match before we were talking about top five finishers. Yeah. Um, generally, it's a pretty good match, which you'd probably expect for these two. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the finish is the the absolute highlight when Rollins goes for the curb stomp and he gets shot away up in the air and hit with the RKO out yeah. of nowhere. Very good timing. I do remember being a little bit surprised at the time, anyway, that they put Orton over because uh, it seemed like. Rollins was just starting on the ascendancy, but that maybe all makes sense later on, I suppose. Yeah, it's just just like it's forgotten. Yeah, um, with what happens. Um, yeah, Sting Triple H. I, I really don't know how I feel about this. Still, I think I've watched this match twice. Uh, really, really recently. Like, I've wrote, I've wrote here that the commentators are absolute dicks. <laughs> the, all this chat about welcome to the big time sting you, you've been to Starcade, but this is Wrestlemania and all that's so cringy yeah. who is saying that are they saying that off their own back or is, is Vince saying that oh, I, I am absolutely sure Vince is telling them to say that this is the big time Yeah, he, he, he'll want to belittle any any event from, uh, from WCW it's but awful yeah, I I have to be honest. This match did play a part in me bumping this one off the card. <laughs> I just don't get the guy finally signs. He finally joins. He gets put in this I don't know mess of a match with all the run-ins and um, I, I remember rightly that there's DX people on one side and NWO people on the other. Yeah, because you know, like Sting was affiliated with NWO his whole yeah, career. That's the thing I'm looking and thinking, but they're all Triple H's pals. <laughs> yeah, it just, I don't know, it didn't make sense. And it I think it just annoyed me that this is the spot they put him in. Because it's not to say if he'd had like a, you know, a straight up match with Triple H. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, it just felt like it was always designed to be a little bit of a mess and... Uh, it just you, you wait so long for Sting and then that's what you get mm. I, I read today that uh, when they were doing the run through the day before um, and Triple H called the finish and said that he was going over Scott Hall looked at Hogan maybe or Hogan and Hall looked at each other at the same time to say like what? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah you've got like a kind of old looking Nash and, and Hall mm. like doing back body drops to X Pac and 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 Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Yeah. X Pac probably didn't know which side he was meant to be on. <laughs> I'm a six six pack. <laughs> you know? um, I can't go any further uh, beyond this match without talking about Triple H's horrendously cringy entrance. 
um, as a Terminator. Yeah. And you've got Arnold, who clearly they've got him to do like a voiceover because they were chucking him in the Hall of Fame because, you know, he's a big wrestling person. Something like that, yeah. Um, oh, this is the worst. All of Triple H's self-indulgent <laughs> um, entrances, this is the absolute worst. Uh, yeah, quite a good women's match on this card the Bella Twins versus Paige and AJ Lee is actually a, um, a good match for yep. for what it was yep. um, Rusev and Cena felt like a bit of an old school event um, the old kind of in Vince's mind Russian heel uh-huh. always goes over even though he's Bulgarian <laughs> uh, yeah. well no he's Bulgarian but his wife's Russian or whatever yeah. Or American, <laughs> what, I don't know. Probably American, <laughs> but yeah. And they did this over really over the top Captain America type entrance for John Cena with like all the, the various bits of history around America and all that. But yeah. like I say, I, I do actually think it was quite a good uh, set up for a match and it was quite a good match as well. Yeah, and to be honest, I don't think, I mean, there's so much was done wrong with booking Rusev and you know he obviously ended up walking away but I don't think this is really a misstep you're putting them in there with a huge star and it was a pretty competitive pretty good match actually yeah yeah I totally agree um, and he had a good entrance with the whole big tank thing and all that as well they made, you yeah. know, they're making a big deal of him yeah um, I'm not going to talk about The Rock and, and Ronda and, and Stephanie and Triple H it goes on for far too long it's so self-indulgent we've already had you coming out as a fucking robot mate way at the back um, Bray Wyatt v Undertaker we spoke about already um, there's a couple of good spots in this when Taker sits up and, and Bray Wyatt's doing his kind of upside down mm-hmm. spider thing which is quite a cool spot Yeah. Um, it's just quite an odd quite an odd match um, as your kind of co-main event as well but yeah. um, Lesnar Reigns probably wouldn't be as entertaining certainly wouldn't be as entertaining if Rollins hadn't come out to cash in yeah. um, it, it totally makes it and it, you finish the show on a high uh, totally unexpected and the way that the method that he does it like the kind of sprinting uh, get involved, get the pin and, and straight back out again and he's up the top of the ramp swinging the belt a bit yeah. and all that's just a, a really good way to finish the show off Yeah, and I think you, even though he was a heel you, you send the fans away happy because they, they wouldn't have been happy if, if Roman had taken that so Yeah, I think there was actually he was a heel but I, I remember a bit of a crowd pop when he came out oh, um, and, and I think the, the, yeah, as you say, fans going away happy. I think this was maybe actually preferable to them to either other possible outcome. Uh-huh. Um, I think they were happier with this, and it, um, it set up the character that you know the the character that uh, he was going to be mm-hmm. really. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I thought it was a good finish. I thought it was a quite a clever finish because I I, I didn't see it coming, and I remember even at the time watching, I, I didn't see it coming at all. And like up until it, it really um, ignited that match because it, it's a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Um, big two, two big sort of guys getting suplexed about the shop, and yeah, you're waiting for the spear and the Superman punch and all that. So yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It was a good show. Yep. But never come out dresses bloody Terminator again. Triple yeah. Right. 
Number three. My number three is WrestleMania 21. Oh, okay. So, am I to take from that that this isn't on your list? Not on my list. Okay, okay. So, um, again, I, I won't go through match by match. I'll pick out some that I think were... Uh, were among the reasons why I went with this. Cool. Um, so, the 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 event kicked off with a Mysterio Guerrero match. So Rey Mysterio Eddie Guerrero, who had been tag team partners, um, and they had started to have a little bit of a kind of natural rivalry, and they've obviously you know the story of them knowing each other a long time and things like that. Yeah. And um, I. It's one of those where they end up, I think, going a bit crazy with the story as it goes on and things like that and things about, you know, Eddie might be the father of Ray's kid and things like that. <laughs> it ends up getting a little bit murky. But in the early stages, it's purely a, I think I'm the guy that carries our team. I'm, you know, the stronger performer among our tag team and I'm going to prove it. And, you know, it, it just builds quite, for me, logically. Um as two guys who have been singles performers for, you know, a, a lot of their career, that, yeah, they're in a team and they like the guy they're in a team with, but there's still that little bit of um, competitiveness between the two of them. Yeah. Um, they both want to score the winning pin for their team and things like that. So um, it's, it's a pretty good match. Um, it's quite technical. I think uh, Guerrero tries a, a couple of his tricks as he goes to, you know, try and steal the win and things like that. Um, Mysterio ends up going over and it's just for a, a Mania event I thought it, it started the card off at quite a good pace, quite a good tempo um, and it, yeah, just a, a pretty decent match between the two of them Nice. Um, the Money in the Bank ladder match um, at this event features some pretty big stars I think this is maybe the second Money in the Bank um, I could be wrong on that but it's not the first uh, I'm pretty sure, but or is it the first? It's the hmm. first. It is the first. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I take that back. Um, and it's absolutely star packed. Absolutely. I'm just looking out here. Unbelievable. Yeah. So um, Edge, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Christian, uh, Kane, and Shelton Benjamin. And to be honest, Shelton Benjamin's in there to do some athletic stuff and you know make it it look pretty good and take some bumps and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Beyond him, every other one of them, maybe Christian a little bit lower in that pecking order, but you could see them winning. Yeah. You could uh, you could see them giving them it. Um, Edge ends up going over, but I remember at the time thinking it was an amazing concept for a match. Um, I think Jericho's maybe credited with, with proposing the idea. Yeah, um, yeah. I think the the story was that they didn't have anything for Jericho for WrestleMania and, and him and yeah. Brian Gerwitz came up with this together. Okay. Um, and obviously, you know, it ended up having a few uh, of these matches at Manias and then it sort of spiralled off into its own event. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a good match. There's some terrifying looking bumps in it, as you would expect. Um, and Edge ends up getting the, the briefcase and he's one of these characters that I think just thrives on that kind of situation where this is the guy that could cash in a title chance, a title match yeah. at any opportunity. What what a perfect guy to have in that scenario. Totally. Because um, you know that he's going to take every possible advantage he possibly can. Um, so yeah, it was a good match, really innovative at the time. Um, hadn't 
seen you'd seen you know ladder matches for titles and things like that, but um, this was just a bit different and it felt like a a big event match. Sorry, just before you go, and I really like the idea of the Money in the Bank match being at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, when I've when I've been watching through some of these, they're, they're a lot of the time they're the highlight of the show. Certainly yeah. the early part of the show. Yeah. Um, it's a sh- like obviously it's a good concept. I understand why they've done what they did, but um, mm-hmm. I do I do like it being as part of WrestleMania. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think I, I preferred it being that to having its own event. Um, and it, it felt like something big at stake in a match at Mania. And it, you know, opens up all the possibilities of this guy could cash this in later tonight. Yeah. You know, that's uh, it's which I think is an interesting angle to have. Um, so, yeah, um, very entertaining match. Uh, terrifying to watch at times, but <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a good way. Um and then they, they go to the Undertaker Orton match, which I think we've we've mentioned at least a few a few times uh, in terms of, you know, Orton as legend killer, we mentioned earlier, could he have been somebody that actually went on and, and broke the streak and things like that. Um, I was actually watching, you haven't watched the Orton Broken Skull session yet, have you? Not yet, no. So he, he mentions a few things in relation to this match and the fact that he, he wasn't certainly out of the ring the most professional at the time um, and some instances where he, he's made things like timekeeping and you know showing up at uh, in the right sort of not the right condition to perform but having had a good night's sleep beforehand and things like that there's there's a few a few things <laughs> he'll mention that you might find interesting cool. um, surprised Undertaker was open to working with him if that was what he was yeah, I, I think what comes across is he he gets, you know, not just second chances, but third chances, fourth chances and so on. And I think people realise he, he's always had a lot of talent mm. um, and they're maybe not willing to uh, give up on it. And I think that that's one of the other things that comes across in the in the interview. It's, it's quite candid. He, he doesn't really hold back on any self-criticism put it that way um, so yeah it's it's a, it's a good match it's quite a competitive match he, he gives him a fair amount of offence and I think at when watching at the time I did think he, Orton could win it's, it is possible that they would put Orton over in a match like this now looking back it's probably quite obvious that they, they didn't and wouldn't but at the time I did think yeah he's you know youngish up and comer they've Given him titles, they've put a lot on him. Yeah, they could they could have him beat Undertaker at Mania. So it, it felt like quite a a significant match in the Orton career um, for me. And I've I've always been I've, I've never been his biggest fan, but I do see there's a lot. He, he does give a lot. There's a lot there. Yeah. Um, and I think it was maybe maybe more the promos side actually that, that I felt were maybe not quite as strong as they could be but it's maybe improved a bit actually over the last couple of years it's... I, quite, I quite liked young cocky arrogant uh, Randy Orton you, do, do you remember were you watching when he, he had the broken arm yeah I thought he was quite good yeah I think I don't know I, I just didn't always fully believe that he believed it some of the stuff he was saying and things like that but um Again, you're you're working with probably the script you're given and stuff like that. But um, 
Yeah, I, I think he, he always looked like a, a good in-ring worker, good performer. Um, I've no doubt when we talked earlier about Daniel Bryan maybe doesn't look like the way they want a world champion to look. I think Randy Orton looks exactly the way they want a world champion to look. You know, he's um, he's a good-looking guy. He's you know got the muscles. He's um, but yeah, I thought thought it was a pretty good match. Um, there's a Kurt Angle v Shawn Michaels match uh, in on this card, and it's uh, it's very good. It's technically very good. It's um, quite. Heated, you know, they play up the fact that Angle doesn't really appreciate Michael's being referred to as Mr. WrestleMania and things like that. Um, Angle sees himself as the main event, the top guy, and all that. Um, and apparently, I think it was maybe on one of Angle's podcasts actually, he covers this match and he talks about the fact that um, he didn't really, when he came in, I think Michael's was away and then Michael's comes back. Um, so he didn't know him and he he didn't really know how to take him at times and things like that. And uh, there was a really interesting comment that apparently Michael's made to him in the build-up to this, off-camera, behind the scenes, which he said something to him like, I'm not scared of you, you know. And uh, Angle didn't really know how to take that. And then I think it maybe came to him a little bit later that he'd never worked with him before. And some people had had fears before realising he was fully professional about everything that Angle's a guy that could hurt you in the ring uh-huh. um, I mean if he chose to go off script in any way and I think it sounded like it was Michael's just saying you know don't do that with me because I can hold my own type thing <laughs> you know um, but apparently in the ring the match went off exactly as they wanted it to there were no issues of any kind and I believe it was Michael's idea that Angle go over. Nice. You know, he, he felt that he should get the win in the match. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a pretty good match. I think those two, you know, on any card going up against each other, but also they were on different brands at the time. Right. Oh, really? And they had never touched, so they'd never um, had a, a physical match between the two of them. Right. Um, and then I think it all starts at Royal Rumble. That um, I think. I think Michaels eliminates Angle and that's the first contact they'd ever had. Right. And then that that's the sort of build for everything. Like um but it's it's kind of a, a way you can you can keep the brand separate but still have these big matches between the two of them. And I right. think we've talked about that before that, you know, things like the rumble give you the opportunity to, to build things like that. Yeah. Um there's one there's one moment that I didn't enjoy at all on this card um, so again I'll just refer to my notes which says <laughs> Big Show v Akibono what and why what, why <laughs> is this a thing why is this happening I don't understand can, so, I, can I be really honest with you yeah I disregarded 21 because of this match uh, I, I understand it <laughs> I that's terrible it. I'm just looking at it on Wikipedia it was on for a minute <laughs> yeah, it's, I should have done that I should have went and watched that it's, it's a sumo match but why are they having it I don't know what you gain from this because I could be wrong about this but is, is Aki Bono a big name that's going to draw a lot of fans <laughs> to buy maybe maybe in the sumo world he's, he's huge I assume he is and maybe it'll he's make a lot huge. of 
maybe I'll make a lot of sumo fans look and think I'm going to buy this I'm going to watch it but I'd be surprised um, you might get a lot of like these guys that aren't they wearing nappies and stuff like that so possibly can yeah. you see the big show in a nappy maybe what um, a mess they've made a big show yeah what it's, is this 21 yeah unbelievable yeah I don't it, it, it was the one big negative I had against this card I just didn't enjoy it um, so after that moving past it you've got um, obviously by this era you've kind of got two world titles on the yeah. go um, and in one of the matches John Cena gets his crowning moment against JBL um, and it's you know I don't know that there were many people who were the biggest fan of JBL being a, a world champion but I I thought he was quite good from a antagonistic heel point of view, and the fact that people maybe just looked at him as sort of shrug of the shoulders—that's that's the guy that was in the APA. What's what's he doing as world champion? Um, but I do think you know to have Cena be crowned against somebody who the crowd probably thought was undeserving of that spot anyway. Also, you know, helps from a Cena point of view. Good way to build on my yeah. Um, was he was he still like kind of rapper scene at this point? Yeah, um, this I think I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure, but this might have been his first world title. I th- I think it it probably was his first world title. So, um, I remember certainly through his it was either intercontinental or US title run. He was still the rapper guy. If he's away from it at this point, he's only just away from it. Right, um, a late rapper scene. Yeah, it was different. It was charismatic. Um, it, it, I I didn't hate it. I th- I thought it grew old though. Before they before they stopped it, I thought it had already grown old. Um, well, if you thought that gimmick grew old, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, after this, now I'm always with the criticism, almost as much of you of Triple H, but. I think we both acknowledge that when he, he, he's invested in something and he wants to put someone over, he can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's obviously very accomplished in ring and things like that. Um, he This is the, the climax of the Triple H and Batista storyline that had uh, started when they were still members of Evolution. Um, so the, the Evolution group of Triple H, Ric Flair... Um, Batista and Randy Orton and Orton had gone from the group I think he he committed the crime of winning the world title that Triple H wanted (laughs) at a point so he he had to go Um, and Batista goes and wins the Royal Rumble and the whole story behind the scenes of of Triple H and Ric Flair trying to manipulate Batista to go for the other world title because they, they don't want him coming after Triple H and you get these nice little moments on Raw where you you see them having the discussion and then the camera pans back and you can see that Batista's heard the discussion as well. Um, he makes the decision that he's going after Triple H and his belt and uh, Triple H puts him over in the main event. Nice. And I think, I think at the very next event, which probably would have been a backlash, puts him over again. Wow, um, I thought you were going to say takes it back. No, he, he puts him over twice in a row and it's... Um, you know, they were obviously pretty close. I think they were workout buddies and things like that. But it it was just an example of when he when he wants to, 
um, the, the job he can actually do in helping elevate somebody and put them on top, which it did with Batista. And, you know, I, I wasn't always Batista's biggest fan, but I think during this angle, and he became more of a, you know, he was just the muscle-bound guy in Evolution. He wouldn't do much talking or anything like that, but he became a bit more of a character through yeah. this storyline and then got crowned, which I, I thought was, you know, it was, it was good for the, the product, good for the TV show and all that. And you basically came out of this mania with two, not necessarily young guys, because I know Batista got in quite late, but two guys who were new stars being crowned in Batista and John Cena so yeah um, I, th I thought it was a good event some some good storylines playing into it if you do uh, watch it and give it a go just skip past the Akibono Big Show and I think you'll enjoy the majority of the rest of it nice uh, it sounds like a good card I'm a little bit disappointed I didn't think about any more time but no I like that it sounds good um, that was your three yes okay I think my three might be your two um, Wrestlemania 20 Yes, that's my two. It's my three. Um, so we'll just jump through it. We'll probably talk about the main event. Yep. Probably quite a lot. Yeah. Um, just jumping back on the Cena. I like, like I said, I like this version of Cena. You had him fighting the big show, I think, for the US title. Yeah. Um, he uses his big padlock to, to knock out big show. I think he lifts him. Yeah. St sticks him in the uh, FU, it was called at that point. Yep. which is quite impressive to see. Um, I enjoyed Christian and Chris Jericho. I enjoyed both the build and the match. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's probably the type of angle that's now been done to death, but at the time, the stuff with Trish, and it's a little bit cheesy, and it's a little bit like soap opera, but it was... I certainly I remember enjoying watching it at the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, you got the double cross at the end, and... Uh, but I, them two are fun to watch. We both, we both like Christian. We both like Jericho. It's a, it's a really good match. Yeah, absolutely. I thought they they worked really well together. I thought they they played off each other pretty well, both in the in the ring during the match, but also everything around it. I just keep wondering, see uh, how you've got the involvement of Trish Stratus in the storyline and things like that. What is Vince thinking with Trish with Christian, given his thoughts on Christian's face? Do you not think he's looking, thinking, ah, that doesn't, that's not realistic, that doesn't add up? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Maybe he's thinking this is better than a blue dot over his face, let's put Trish's face over his face. <laughs> um, yeah. We've got this absolutely brilliant uh, promo for The Rock uh, backstage before him and Foley are fighting Evolution in yeah. a 3v2 handicap match, but before it we get this brilliant promo for The Rock where he's just got the crowd in the palm of his hand uh, going back and forth he's got the camera following him he calls one of three who, who was the one that was in um, oh, who was the one that was in MAGA you know they were in three minute warning was it Rosie or Jamal what, Rosie the, I think it was Rosie, he, he was like yeah. um, Hurricane Helms's yes. uh, sidekick he calls him a fat son bitch <laughs> it's just <laughs> It's so Classic funny. Classic rock. So yeah. funny. It's probably his cousin. Um. <laughs> yeah, this is... I, I was actually a little bit... I couldn't remember when I looked at this card how long Rock had been away. 
Um, so obviously he started dabbling with Hollywood stuff and things like that. And yeah. was he was he fully part time by this stage? And, and I assume he was. He wouldn't have been on TV every week and things like that. Um, and then I thought uh, when I looked at the match on paper, I thought. Mm, that's not really one that I'm all that enthusiastic about, but just seeing him doing a promo, you know, it, it just kind of elevates everything. Aye. And it's a good match as well. Yeah. Um, the Rock's clearly having a great time uh, mocking Ric Flair. Pretty much yeah. every time he's in the match, he's dancing about doing the Ric Flair walk and all that. Yeah. Um, and it's a yeah. good, fun match. I think it's a good um, match for Foley to be in. Saying that, what's this? This I mean, twenty Foley's probably retired twice at this point. Yeah, I would have oh, thought so. Yeah. Um, but aye, that was good fun. Yeah. Um, Lesnar Goldberg, less fun. Unless you're into, um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I. I don't know if I knew at the time that I would have watched this because I'm fairly sure I would have watched this when it was on. And I don't know that I knew that both guys were leaving. And then, you know, the the crowd's reaction the crowd to the did. whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's... For what you think would have been a big blockbuster match, it's just nothing. They they don't care. And they they're, they want to ridicule both guys. Aye. And I, I don't know if Austin was put in as ref to try to save it, you know, because... They know the, 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 the booking committee or Vince or whoever's making it, <laughs> Vince, Vince it will be, um, knows that by this stage that the crowd will know both guys are leaving. So does he then say, right, we'll put Austin in and just try to liven it up a little bit? Mm. But it's just kind of nothing from the start. And it's a big deal to have Lesnar, Goldberg and Austin on the ring together. Uh-huh, absolutely. It's also, they had a really good build similar to the Michaels... Uh, Angle thing where they were on mm-hmm. separate brands, and um, I think it was Goldberg bought a ticket and was in the front. Was it? Is that right? Goldberg yeah. was sat at, at one of the events. Yeah. Um, I thought it was quite creative build uh, for it to for it to go down the way it did. So yeah, unfortunately, I, I think I think Goldberg is actually involved in when Lesnar loses the belt to Eddie that's Guerrero. Right, yeah, that's he right. involves himself then, so that's when that would be. Um, which is obviously they, they need to get the belt off Lesnar at that point anyway. But yeah, it, it it's a shame because it could have been a big deal and it just didn't feel like it. Yeah. And I think they got a chance to go again. Was it about 32, 33? Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. A couple of matches later on in their careers, but... Yeah, it is what it is. It's probably more just one of those unfortunate circumstances, situations. It's They both want to go and they're going yeah. and, every, and everyone knows it. Is this when Lesnar went to, to try out for the Vikings? Yeah. Is it, right? Yeah. Um, the crowd are shouting, you sold out. And I, I think that uh, Shane McMahon's in the crowd also joining in, shouting, you sold out. It's quite yeah, funny. It's, it's a funny one because I'm pretty sure going away to, you know, try to win a spot on the Vikings roster, he's going to be making a lot less money than if he'd stuck around as a headliner. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> Where was Goldberg going? Was it just that he didn't sign a new was, contract? Yeah, I think he was just done. I don't think he was a fan of how they'd used him since he came in, so he uh, saw out his contract and walked. Right. Oh, well, aye, disappointment, but nice to see them both end up with stunners at the end. Yeah. Everyone goes home happy. <laughs> um, 
Hancock Guerrero's a good match, as you yes. would expect from those two, but yeah, um, yeah, to, to to watch it and see it. Just yeah, I, I like the that's that's one of the matches where he did the thing with his boot, wasn't it? So that when Angle tried to put the ankle lock on, uh, Guerrero's boots actually loose and his boot just comes off in his hand. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's just those because I with with a lot Eddie Guerrero's one of these guys that you look at and you think he needs some sort of edge to try to win against a a huge star type and they would find some creative ways for him to try and get that edge uh, I thought it was pretty cleverly done Aye. I, I think we spoke about Guerrero on, before on this and, and said how much we appreciate him in, yeah. in retrospect it's yeah, so it's true de- definitely grown because I think at the time I would have been watching and thinking ah, just put the belt back on Angle you know he's, he's the top guy just put the belt back on him but uh, I appreciate so much more now when I go back and watch Guerrero's stuff how, how good he was in the ring and psychologically as well yeah same um, not a highlight I don't think with the return of Deadman Taker um, yep. at Wrestlemania 20 I think he was still biking around I was he was still biking yeah. around the place with Fred Durst at 19 yep. um, we had Deadman come back to fight Kane and obviously beat him um, I didn't I didn't love this. I didn't hate it neither. Nah, it's it's fine for what it is, but it's a match we've seen quite a few times uh, before, so it doesn't feel special, really. Yeah. yeah. So I we get to the main event. Yeah. Do you think this is the best main event? I think best it's WrestleMania an main event. Excellent match. Like I I think it's kind of got everything in it, and if if there are better main events out there I, I can't off the top of my head think of what they are um, I just think it's an excellent quality match and it's crazy it's so good yeah um, yeah uh, text just saying I, I really really don't remember Shawn Michaels losing that much blood yeah it yeah. just adds to adds to the drama it does it, it gets to a point where you're looking thinking a wee bit worried about this guy <laughs> it's a lot it's um, like um, Eddie versus JBL like almost yeah, the yeah. levels of that but yeah um, I think you know there's obviously again with Triple H you, you kind of ridicule some of the things he's done and decisions that he's been involved in and things like that but I do believe looking back at this that there were you know there was a real desire to put Benoit over as the guy yeah. and not make it look contentious or anything like that. He he wins it because he deserved to win it. And if you look at the guys that he's in with, for for him to, you know, come out the deserving winner and the world champion from that, I think it's probably one where a Triple H who we all know as a you know a, a wrestling historian and all that he'll have looked and thought this guy deserves it mm-hmm. so we we put him over on the big stage and we do it right you know um, and it I noticed you you put out a a tweet um, on a, on our account asking whether people can watch Benoit stuff just in isolation for what the match was yeah. And I did find when I rewatched this, I could just enjoy it. Um, I know everyone will have their own thoughts and whether they can do that because it's not easy. But um, 
it's still a very enjoyable match to watch for me just as a, a wrestling match yeah I, I found I, I find with some Benoit matches um, I really struggle to watch them particularly if he's taken chair shots or, mm. or anything like that yeah. but with this match I think because it had been such a long time since I've since I'd seen it um, I, I just yeah everything sort of fell away Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just enjoyed it for what it was yeah. um, but I understand the other side of the coin I understand some people just find it really hard to separate him from from what he did and that's totally understandable yeah. um, but I going back to what you were saying about the decision to go with him and not just go with him but uh, have him beat both of those guys and, yeah. and, and genuinely beat them and it not be like a I kind of, you know, he pinned the champion. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like Michaels beat up Triple H and Benoit managed to get a quick roll up or anything like that. It was to tap Triple H out in the middle of the ring and, and yeah. Triple H be almost at the rope and then roll him back over and tap him out. Um, yeah. There was something uh, really solidified about it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I genuinely think it's one of the best WrestleMania main events, if not the best that there's yeah. been. What um, again? Trying to look at it in isolation, the the end with Eddie coming out, and they are the two world champions, and they have their moment in the ring. It uh, it it had a little bit of a a sort of special, unique feel to it. Um, to you know, workers being the guys holding the belts at the end of the night. Yeah. Thought it was a uh, a nice moment they gave them. You know. It was, that was lovely. It's just so sad the way that yeah, yeah you know, look back at it. Um, it's bittersweet, and that's a complete understatement. But, yeah. um, you know, like, just, again, those parallels between 10, 20 and 30, it's, it's really amazing how much of a, of a close comparison there is between the three of them. Mm-hmm. Um, all the, I know, you know, we talked about the kind of goofy... All the faces coming out and lifting Brett up. Yeah. But it's that kind of coronation that you've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The same with Ben we're here, the same with Brian. Mm-hmm. It's, a great, it's a great event. Yeah. I've already said to you it's going to be Cesaro going over for the belt at 40, so we've all got something we can look forward to. Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the, um, be Brock Lesnar, Hogan, and, and Roman Reigns in a, in a fatal four way. Wow. <laughs> I hope nobody's listening because someday will think that's a great idea. <laughs> Maybe Chuck Titus O'Neill in there as well, just to awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so that's that's us at that's us at the end. Aye? That's us with aye. one to go. Yeah. 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 So I guess we we have the 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 exact same one, probably the arguably the greatest WrestleMania that there is that there's been. Um, WrestleMania 17. Yeah. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's a mix of things because we'll go, we can go through some of the matches, which, which are excellent. Um, but there's also that feeling of, I think this was maybe my peak fandom. Uh-huh. Um, I was watching, you know, every week I was watching every event. I was um, right in it at the point that this was happening. Um, which does, I think, play a part from a nostalgia point of view, but going back again and rewatching it, I still thought it was excellent. Yeah, and that's the difference between this and 15. 
Um, I think I looked back and in isolation, looking back at 15, I thought that was the perfect WrestleMania. Went yeah. back and watched it, and it was bloody awful. Yeah, we were we were the same on that actually. Because I, I remember, I think I messaged you saying, "I've just realised I can't put 15 on my list because it's it's not good." <laughs> it just felt like a lock, and then you actually watch it. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas with this, um, I went back and watched this, and and still thought it was like amazing. Yep, so agreed. good to watch. So yeah, yeah, let's let's jump in. We start off with Jericho and Regal. Yep. Um, which is uh, an int- uh, when I was watching this, I was thinking it's quite an interesting first match because it's quite technical. Yeah. It's not really a crowd. Um, you know, it's not a fast-paced match or anything uh-huh. like that by any means. Um, I love yeah. Regal's music at this point, and he's smarmy. Smarmy gimmick at this point is brilliant. Yeah, I think um, you're right in what you say because a lot of the time they try to start off with a fast-paced uh-huh. match, and I, I assume that's just to get everyone up and going. You know, get the the adrenaline and the crowd flowing. But it, it's a different kind of opening match. But I, William Regal is is one of these guys that I actually really liked, and I never really knew why I liked him because he was a bit. The character was always this, you know, pompous, arrogant. Um, quite infuriating heel most of the time and I think at this point is he commissioner? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they've you've basically had Jericho trying to get under his skin all this time and um, the you know Jericho has the deck stacked against him at various points and things like that. That's right. Get, gets his match and it's it's quite I thought their styles you know they're, they're quite different but they match quite well mm-hmm. for, for a match in the ring. Um and yeah, just uh, I I I quite enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a decent match to kick off with, albeit quite a, a different style of one. I liked the the idea that Regal was working on Jericho's uh, arm and shoulder um, yep. for the majority of the match, and he didn't finish it with the walls of Jericho because he couldn't. Yeah, um, and he finished it with a lion salt, um, and it just shows the kind of um, commitment to storytelling. Yeah, that they it, had, it, and it wasn't just kind of thrown away. Yeah, it made sense, which right. is is nice and not always that common. Right. Um, we had our boys right to censor. <laughs> um, the good father. You have good father Bill Buchanan. Uh, good father Bill Buchanan and Val Venus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, with a. Uh, what is it? A GR refers to them as old white socks or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, versus an odd pairing of Taz and the Acolytes Taz and the, Taz and the, the APA. APA yeah uh, yeah I, I think I also look back at Right to Censor and think they're quite funny I think I hated them at the time but I think you're, yeah. obviously you're supposed to hate them uh-huh. and it's also it, it's quite a good story arc because we all know I think probably more now than I did then anyway that there are these groups that you have to appease with your standards and things like that in terms of what you can show on TV and all that kind of thing and to actually, you know, have a group out there that are talking about, nope, that's unacceptable, that's that you shouldn't have that content, all that kind of thing. Um I thought was was quite quite good. Look again looking back because they they were infuriating, but they they were heels, so they're supposed to be. But yeah. I think it's actually it was a little bit more clever than I maybe gave it credit for in in, in the at the time it was happening. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like Stephen Richards are quite a 
an underrated performer. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he had a lot of good stuff in uh, ECW. I, I don't think... Was he on WCW briefly as well? And I just don't think he was ever really used properly. Mm. Um, something else I appreciate about Right to Censor is the fact that the Godfather, who became the good father, still does, does the exact same moveset. <laughs> so he does yeah. like the whole train and all that. Yeah. I quite like that. I think I think for him the, the Godfather character was quite close to home and maybe the good father was a bit of a stretch for him, but he was, <laughs> he was doing his best with it. <laughs> um, so we have Taz and Acolytes going over there, Bradshaw hitting and just a ridiculous clothesline for hell. Yeah. Um, next match, one of my favourite matches on the card. I don't know about you, what you thought about it, but the hardcore championship match. Yeah, it was quite brutal um, yeah I think Raven took quite a lot of bumps in this yeah. <laughs> just like I'm watching it in one minute he's, he's being he's, he's had all these weapons smashed off him and then he's being thrown through some sort of glass window and you know he, uh, he just took a hell of a beating but he's, um, he's he's a character I always liked and they build it at the start as you know what the hell chance has Raven got in this yeah. you know um, and he you know he puts up a pretty admirable fight he, he just in the end um, can't can't compete with the sheer size of, of the others but yeah it, it was good it was I think there was a lot in the you know obviously WWE took from ECW in terms of hardcore matches and stuff like that and I thought they they didn't really hit the right tone with a lot of it, but this was quite enjoyable actually. Yeah, it's an example of Kane will basically flourish in anything you give him to do. Yeah, um, he's done everything. He's 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 had title reigns. He's had tag team title reigns. He's been in numerous different tag team uh, teams yeah. with, with lots of different guys, and he's been involved in matches like this as well. And mm-hmm. he's a uh, yeah, he's quite an underrated guy as far as basically yeah. fitting in where they want him to fit in. Yeah, he's even done comedy with Daniel Bryan. Um, so, yeah, he can, he can basically do it all. Do you ever remember, just you talking about him doing comedy, do you ever remember uh, Hogan and The Rock were going to be teaming with Kane on an episode of Raw or Smackdown? They started doing an impression of Hogan. I wish I did remember it, but I'm going to have to look that out. It's so funny. He starts doing the, what you going to do, brother? <laughs> when Kane and The Rock and, and Hulk Hogan run wild on you, he's doing like all the posing and all that. Awesome. It's brilliant. <laughs> um, next match really surprised me. Like, one uh, uh, one thing I noticed was we're four four matches in and we've had three belts on the line mm-hmm. yeah. um, this is for the European belt um, Test is mega over I've said this to you before on this podcast how over Test was Yeah, fans are loving the testicles were big in Texas <laughs> yeah I, I, I wonder if he's just one of these guys I don't maybe give the appropriate credit to um, I just always think of him as this big guy that couldn't really work but um, it, it, this wasn't a bad match, and he did have some other not bad matches. So yeah, maybe, maybe, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm I'm harsh on him. <laughs> I thought it was a really good match. You've got yeah. Guerrero in there. Yeah, obviously, um, if he's dictating it, then then it's probably going to be a good match. But I, I genuinely thought it was good. I thought Tess was good. The big boot that he gives Guerrero in this match looks like he's going to kick his head off. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. Yeah. 
Um, I have no idea what that goof Perry Saturn was doing with that hat on. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of thought he's, he's, he's being a bit of an outrageous character, Saturn, but I, I never knew where it was going. Um, I think yeah. he was like, he was like way ahead of the curve. It's like this kind of CTE affected cat. No, they can't. <laughs> Definitely wasn't that. Kind of so that what happened with Ben Watt. <laughs> oh no. I feel bad. My bad. So, sorry, Perry. Cancel the podcast. <laughs> um, and then you had the world's smallest man, Di Malenko, coming out and get involved. And yeah. Yeah, so the radicals must have still been a thing then. Yeah, I think matches they started having their own independent angles, I think they were always seen as a group. Like, I don't think there was, like, a situation where one turned on the rest of the group to any significant extent. So I think even when, you know, because Benoit and Guerrero were, were single stars, um, looking just, what, a couple of years later. But I think they were always positioned as being a group even when they weren't together that that, that struck me as weird because I think well they were heels given mm-hmm. um, what they did in this match but Benoit was a face in his match against Angle yeah um, which was strange anyway yeah um, I've only got one word written down next to Angle be Benoit what do you think it is uh, excellent oh, close masterpiece I've written okay okay I thought this was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah. I I thought they always had really good matches and then um, they kind of play to the fact that Benoit is so close. He's just that tiny bit behind, you know, because he has, like, situations where he'll, he'll, he'll lose the match but get a standing ovation and things like that and it's... It's like you're kind of with him that this is just the one he can't quite overcome, mm-hmm. and he's trying so hard and he's so close. But I mean, that's sort of all the the psychology around the storyline between the two of them. But then you've got um, is this this is when Angle was doing his I didn't tap because there was that's no shame. yeah, um, which I thought was a really good side of him. I, I think he, he has a chat with uh, Edge and Christian That's right, yeah. at a point, and he's saying, if there's no referee, and if there's no... And he's going through all these things, he said, then it, then it wasn't really a tap. It didn't count. It didn't mean anything and all that. And um, just sort of this kind of lighter side to mm-hmm. uh, what was sometimes a bit wrestling machine character. Some right. of the stuff with Edge and Christian was comedy gold. Yeah. Um, and it was obvious how it's it's so hard to position wrestling matches as genuine contests, but the matches between these two always had that feel. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They, they start for at least the first few minutes in a kind of amateur wrestling mm-hmm. um, match, and it's, it's really gripping to watch. It, yeah. it kind of opens up for there. I think Angle ends up losing his cool and, and hits him and, and they go for there. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember the finish. I remember Angle rolls him up in a small package, grabs the tights maybe. Yeah, um, that's that's basically the finish move, which again, I think we've talked about before. It wasn't a finisher, you know, it wasn't... Um, I don't think they would have wanted to have Ben tap out mm-hmm. to the ankle lock at that point anyway, and it wasn't an angle slam. It it 
fluke's the wrong word, but it felt all the way like either of them could have won it. Uh-huh. And Angle had the, you know, the light, he, he did have hold of the tights, you know, which gives you somewhere to go with the whole thing. Yeah. And then Benoit slaps the, the cross face on him when he's been interviewed after the match later yeah. on as well. Yeah. Um, like you say, it gives you somewhere to go with. Yeah. Um, China yeah. versus Ivory of the right to censor. Like, this was obviously a way of basically highlighting how over China was at this point. Yeah, I, I don't remember probably enough in terms of timeline and things like that, but I know, I think I said to you, she'd had singles matches against men, you know, and I couldn't think whether that was before this had happened because it always felt like a a bit of a mismatch when you had China going for the women's title. Uh-huh. Um, I think they said this is the first time that she'd fought for the women's title yeah, in this match. I, I mean, I can see the logic in, in putting it on her and things like that because it would kind of feel a bit silly if she got to the end of her career without, you know, having it or, or anything like that. But uh, it didn't, the match didn't do very much for me in terms of engagement or... Uh, entertainment I, I didn't get a whole lot out of it no. to be honest just you talking about China um, going against men did you ever see her cinematic match with X-Pac thankfully not <laughs> <laughs> sorry <Yeah>. um, <laughs> sorry okay uh, Shane V. Vince um, yeah. again Similar to the Hogan, but probably um, a bit more enjoyable uh, match. I, I really enjoyed this. Surprisingly enjoyed this. Um, what do you think of? I I didn't hate it. I think <laughs> I think it with the story they had on the go at the time, and you know with Shane, which we've we've talked about before. Shane being in there, and he's got his. Uh, it's WCW guys up in a box and uh, watching the match and all that and it kind of was trying to play it as Shane the the upstart trying to like unseat his dad but his dad is this despicable person that nobody would really be behind with everything that's going on with the Trish storyline and uh, Linda and all that um, and I think uh, Stephanie's aligned with Vince in this isn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought, I mean, Shane will always give you some moves. You know, he is going to do some athletic stuff in there. Um, and there was at least an ongoing storyline. It wasn't, a, you know, a Vince match for the sake of having a Vince match. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I don't think I'm ever going to really enjoy seeing Vince performing in the ring. He did take a hell of a beating in this. Yeah, he did. I think they covered up quite a lot of the the match with the stuff with Stephanie and Trad I, I couldn't understand why Trish decided to have a change of heart halfway through the match and slap Vince yeah um, that didn't make any sense to me that was odd but mm. um, uh, the stuff with Linda and that's quite good when she's she stands up and kicks on like Vince yeah. is good at selling that sort of stuff and it felt like that actually felt like the big payoff you know is Linda um finally striking back um, 
So yeah, I, I, I didn't hate it as much as some of Vince's uh, in-ring uh, performances, but yeah, I, it, it was there and it was quite entertaining, is, is what I would say for it. I'd agree. Um, did you hear, I don't know if you ever heard this, that um, the young, my, was she referring to my boys, my young boys or something like that, talking about WCW guys that are yeah. uh, contractually obliged to be there? Yeah. Um, they were supposed to run in and help Shane win, but um, Sean Stasiak told like a bunch of journalists like two nights before or something like that, so oh, they had to okay. scrap it. Well, Hence, probably why he got labelled meat and uh, yeah, and then buried. left on the Sunday night heat. <laughs> yeah, come on, come on, pal. <laughs> um, next up with TLC two. Yep, just one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Yeah, absolutely loved it. It's. Um, in terms of you, you can't it's one it's a match you can't really look away and the way that I can quite often determine that is you know being a little bit addicted to my phone like you know most people are is will I pick up my phone and start you know scrolling through Twitter or something like that while there's a match on the go and if I don't do that that tells me I was pretty engaged in, mm-hmm. in what I was watching and I I don't think there was any point where I felt like I could do that during this because there's just so much going on, um, and I I know at times when you've got matches like that you can lose the psychology you can you know it can be a bit of a spot fest and nothing really means anything but because there's three teams worth in there there's a hell of a lot of selling going on in terms of what the effect of, was of the move being executed. It's just that the next thing's already starting to happen. Uh-huh. Aye, um, totally. So, yeah, I, it, it's one of the most entertaining matches I've ever seen. Um, and I think it, for me, in terms of the whole TLC thing, it, it was the peak. Um, agreed. And I don't think you could ever realistically better it. No, I totally agree. Um, some of the bumps in this match, just kind of quickly going through them. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a point where they're all up on the ladders and Christian goes from the ins- at the top of the ladder to the outside of the ring. Yeah. It's brutal. He takes that bulldog from Spike Dudley uh-huh. off the top of the ropes and Spike Dudley la- must land square on his on his coccyx. That looks horrendous. Yeah. Um, Matt and Bubba go from a um, from top of a ladder to outside through two tables. Yeah, which looks ridiculous. Those those tables just splinter. They yeah. just go straight to the floor. Um, Jeff goes through Rhino and someone Spike maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think it's from true. that ridiculously sized ladder. Yeah, um, there's. <laughs> Others. Where did they get that ladder? Jeff Hardy always manages to <laughs> seem to find that ladder. It's just amazing to me that he's still, you know, like, see, when you yeah. watch through some of the other um, WrestleManias, I think there was WrestleMania, I don't know what it was, 33 maybe that I watched, mm-hmm. and the Hardy Boys came out as a surprise. Yeah. Uh, and I want to say it was a ladder match, and he's still doing it then. It's yeah. just, you know, it's just absolutely mental. Yeah. So I, it's just I agree with you what you're saying about it being the peak, and to try and replicate it over and over again with whether yeah. 
our guys had better taken it in a different direction than they are yeah. trying to replicate it. Agreed. Yeah, it's um, if if anyone hasn't seen it, that that is like on the list of must-watch matches. Agreed. Uh, I um, my wife was uh, came to watch it when I was watching this, and uh, she seemed like a bit nonplussed about some of the stuff that was going on. But she, she certainly perked up when Lita came out. She couldn't believe how high up her thong seemed to be. So. <laughs> That was her big takeaway for that. <laughs> so that that was her highlight of the match. That's <sighs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, don't get me wrong; it's it's impressive, but it's not the most <laughs> impressive thing that happened during that match. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, I think we go straight into Taker Triple H. Um, so or am I missing you, something? You're missing the gimmick battle royal. Oh, of course. How could now, I forget? Now. This, I, I tried because when I was watching this, I was trying not to be negative, and I, <laughs> I, I, I will, I, I will continue to try that when we review, you know, the next mania. Um, but I, when I was trying to just take this for what it is and not take it seriously, and even they change the the announce team. It's Bobby Heenan and Gene Okerlund That's that right. do do the commentary through it. Um, and it's it's stupid, but it's supposed to be. You're not uh, supposed to take it seriously. Yeah. Um, Impressed how how long the Pritchard lasts in it. Now there's something that I remember him referencing on one of his podcasts where he says that he and Jim Cornette, I think, just seek each other out, uh-huh. and they're like, let's just go at each other, and you know, we'll we'll barely move, and we'll, we'll try and kill the time we're supposed to be in by doing that. Brilliant. It takes a hell of a bump going out of the ring. Yeah. Do you catch um, Mean Gene calling Earthquake John Tenter? Yes. That's really yes. weird. My old friend John Tenter. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's good stuff. I mean, it it's daft, but it's fun. Do you know a wee bit of trivia about um, One Man Gang? Uh, that is Akeem. And uh, he was supposed to be Akeem, but he couldn't fit in the... He couldn't fit in the clothes anymore. <laughs> Brilliant. Which is quite a feat because Akeem was a big guy. Yeah. He so he, uh, he reprised One Man Gang instead. Wow. There you go. Okay. Was that, a, was that a gobbledygooker? Yeah. Uh, that was that was not good. Doink, yeah. Doink the Clown got a good, good pop. Yeah, I, I, I think Doink the Clown's one of those where I quite like the idea of what they could have done with it. But the, I don't know. They just went weird with the whole Doink the Clown thing. I, I don't think I hated it as much as some people did. I thought like evil, evil clown. You know, that's something. What about, that, what about burnt evil clown? Yeah, well, that's that's. Uh, I was going to say that's maybe one for the future, but yeah, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> nah. Uh, so yeah, Triple H, it's Triple H's taken after that, which is a bit of a um, let's let's fight all the way around the. Around the arena yeah. sort of stuff. It's quite a good yeah. match, but uh, it's, it's it's all right. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it's not it's not a classic, but I thought it was a, a decent match. Um, and yeah, they uh, everywhere they're everywhere across the arena, and yeah, it's qu- quite entertaining. Aye, um, but it's all building towards the, the greatest uh, package that WWE have put, ever put together, in my opinion. The the Limp Biscuit My Way. Rock yeah. and Austin um, build up is just absolute class. Timeless. It just, it just works so well, and you know, 
when you've got these songs that even like years later you hear the song and it makes you think of that. Yeah. And it, uh, I think if there was, you know, significant differences between the way WWE did things and the way WCW did things, I think the packages they used were one of those where it's just night and day. They, they were so clever about the way they put them together. Uh, it felt like such a big event you were building to. Absolutely. I mean, I think, I think uh, a lot of these packages make or break a reason to watch the match. Mm-hmm. It, it yeah. gets you invested. We've spoke about this before. Sometimes it doesn't actually matter what happens in the ring. It's the, the how invested you are in the storyline. Yeah. Um, and even going back to, you'll correct me, WrestleMania 5, uh, yeah. Savage and Hogan. Yeah. Um, it's not the same type of presentation of package, but the package that they put together for that to tell the story. Yeah. Like if you'd never seen this before and you saw that, you would be invested in what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I f- feel that that's the same with that, that Rock Austin package. Yeah, um, and the match absolutely delivers. Um, the the ovation for Austin when he comes out is ridiculous. Yeah, I had to look again. I'm sure it was mentioned a few times in the commentary, but it's in Texas. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, at this point and for the last few years, Austin's massively over anywhere. But in Texas, Jesus. Yeah. Um, the, the the only issue I've got with that is what happens at the end. Because uh-huh. again, you're in Texas and they kind of, you know, they, they, they have a match and it's pretty good. It's pretty heated. And I think... By this stage with Austin Rock, there's not really a heel in the mix. Uh-huh. Um, and they're kind of competing to be the top babyface. And I think it's still Austin, but Rock is incredibly over, you know. Um, and I think from from hearing him speak about it, it's actually what happens at the end. Austin aligns himself with McMahon. And they screw the rock. And I think it was Austin's idea. And he he felt like he'd gone as long as he could as babyface. He wanted to do something different. But what's so difficult is he wasn't your typical babyface. He wasn't your, you know, Hulk Hogan. He wasn't your John Cena. He was, you know, an antagonistic Mm babyface. And, you know... He, he drank beer and he swore and you know all that and could be quite underhanded even in matches but he was still you know the fan favourite and the crowd just don't accept the turn <laughs> no. uh, and th- I think they're almost confused because uh, they're almost been, at a point of cheering Vince yeah and there's been so much Austin v Vince over the years that then the alignment, I don't know, it kind of comes out of nowhere. And I get it because I, I, apparently Austin, you know, really pushed for it. And a lot of people in the office were like, we're not sure this is a good idea. But he's our top guy. He wants to do it. So let's try and make it work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, anyone who's going to turn heel, align them with Vince. That that makes sense. Um, and had it worked, you're left with the heel Austin, the huge babyface rock, and maybe you can get, you know, a bigger run out of that anyway, but, you know, a lot happens 
uh, straight after this sort of started happening before it, which means it's not really a direction to go in anyway. But yeah. it just, um, I think I'm sure Austin said it before that from his career point of view, as well as from the business's point of view, they were at their peak in terms of how hot they were, sales, you know, everything. And that was the peak and everything started going a little bit down after it. And he thinks, I think from his own point of view and from his own, you know, monetary point of view as well, that it was a mistake and they mm. shouldn't have done it. The thing is, um, Austin is getting cheered. Obviously, he's getting cheered in Texas, but like he was so over with the watch stuff, the checking his watch stuff. Yeah. Even like all the, the silly stuff that he did with Kurt Angle with the cowboy hats on and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Like, <laughs> it didn't really matter what he did. He was still... Yeah, over, but it did just give him different stuff to do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but I thought you know I thought it was a really uh, they they always had pretty good matches and they weren't necessarily you know smooth wrestling matches and stuff like that. They would tend to have spots where they went for each other's finishers and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and um, and you, you always were never quite sure who was going to win, um, which is it's a nice element to have in a in a mania main event, but. Um, yeah, just a, probably a misstep in terms of... Because Rock had more natural heel qualities to him from the point of view of where you were from what a fan wants. Yeah. It, it's kind of easier to turn on The Rock than it is on Austin. Um, and yeah, it it just um, it just fell a bit flat. But I still enjoyed the match and, you know... I still think, you know, you put Rock Austin as your mania main event. It's a main event. You know, nobody's ever thinking it doesn't belong. It's yeah. it's always a main event. The, the thing that I really liked about this, the whole story about this match was Austin, Austin needs to win. He mm-hmm. wants that belt and he needs it. And he he's pulling everything out of the bag to try and beat The Rock and it's not working. Mm-hmm. He, at one point he puts a billion dollar dream on him. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, he does. He hits him with a chair multiple times, and Rock keeps kicking out. Um, and I, it's the the whole thing of he's tried everything. Mm-hmm. He's now even aligned himself. It's a good story. Mm-hmm. It's maybe just it's I, it's just the position that Austin was in. Yeah, I even wonder. It it probably still would have fell a bit flat, but if it hadn't been in Texas. You know, uh-huh. it might have got a little bit more of the reaction they were looking for. Yeah. Um, and he's never just going to be booed because you know whatever spot Austin was in, you know, you could be up against the the ultimate second babyface or something like that. He's he's just not going to be booed. He can do every heel trick, and they're not going to boo him. And yeah, like you say, that's just the position he's in. Um, he's he's been too popular for too long. Um, and then, uh, what I'm really curious about is where they could have gone with it if they hadn't ran into you know the invasion and things like that, which all kind of, I mean, the way they went about it, it all just got in the way really yeah. for for a while. Um, would they have continued a Austin Rock program with Austin trying to be the heel again? It's hard to know if it would have worked, but it's um, it's it's interesting to think if that hadn't been there as what they had to spiral off into. Really, um, what could have happened? Yeah, no, good. Um, and if you're interested in 
where it could have went uh, and where the invasion angle could have went, then <laughs> I would just direct you to our episode seven when we uh, put our careers on the line as podcasters and wrestling fans and rebooked invasion angle, which we made an absolute mess of, but it got to somewhere in the end. It's fine. Maybe in a few years we'll go back and rebook the rebooking of the invasion angle. Yes, like that. <laughs> um, so overall, WrestleMania 17, the greatest WrestleMania of all time. Yeah, um, I think because what I was trying to weigh up is uh, like when we did the previous ones um, and I I had the ones I loved from there and I think I had 10 as my top one and I'd loved five as well and you know there were a few in there um, and 14 as well but for me 17 is better than any I had on that list so it must put it as as top of my favourite ever. Peak fandom, I like it. Yeah. Um, just one final note from me on that on that WrestleMania. Um, best commentary combination for me, oh, Heyman yes. and Jr. Yeah. are perfect. Totally agree. I I loved it. I didn't know. I think it was maybe reading Jr.'s book um, that he and Heyman had done bits and pieces together commentary before uh, in WCW days. And uh, I think it was one of their sort of secondary or third-rate shows that they were both doing doing some commentary on. So when um, Jerry Lawler walked out in support of his his then wife, that's right, um, Miss Kitty, yes, uh, who'd been fired unceremoniously by Jr. Slightly awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah, apparently Jr. was like, okay, well we've got Heyman, he's here. And I know we can bounce off each other. It, it works. We've done it before. Um, so rather than, you know, try and go and hire a guy or, you know, bring somebody in from absolutely nowhere, I've worked with him before, so let's make it him. And they did work so well together. It's, it's probably my favourite ever announcer combination, but it was so short-lived. Aye. Aye, because Heyman almost went straight into the invasion angle, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I like how Heyman wasn't playing the the, the generic heel commentator. Mm-hmm. Um, he was joining in, but a lot of the time he's just antagonising Jr. rather than yeah. like King just randomly sides with the heel. Uh-huh. Um, whereas I, he was just kind of winding up Jr. It's they, they had yeah. a good chemistry, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's us. Um, yeah. Did you do you agree with our picks? Um, are there any out there that we, that we missed? Um, if 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 you've got a different view, let us know. Uh, you can contact us at Outlaw Outlaws Pod on Twitter um, and Outlaws at Outlaws Pod on Instagram. Um, give us a shout. Let us know. Did you have any honourable mentions, Adam, that that you you might have? Included. Uh, I think the the one that was closest was actually uh, the one you mentioned, which was thirty one. Right. Um, that was the one that I ruled out last, uh, so it, it was in the mix. Um, I think we, you and I, maybe had some similar thoughts that uh, the the one a couple of years ago um, when they had the the women's title match headline the card. Yeah. Thirty five. Yeah, I I was so impressed with the storyline and actually, you know, a lot of that match and I wanted to be able to speak about it but I just couldn't justify it with the rest of the card. There yeah. were there were too many holes in it. Yeah. Yeah, for that and for Kofi Mania, 
Um, and there's a really good tag team match, but a lot uh, there's, there's other matches on the card that are just really not very good at yeah. all. Um, so yeah, I, I was close with twenty four. There was there was bits and pieces of twenty four that I really liked. Um, surprisingly, Batista versus Umaga quite enjoyed, which was mm-hmm. for some reason a SmackDown versus Raw like brand supremacy match. Okay. And um, we had William Regal introducing Umaga as Umanga, which I quite <laughs> liked. Um, that's the same card that had Michaels versus Ric Flair in it. Uh, okay. Uh, the career threatening match, which I thought was quite a funny way to yeah to um, bill it. Uh, that was the one that had uh, Taker Edge as the yeah. It's uh, it is a good card actually. I remember um, watching the the Michaels Flair and it's it's so emotional the way they play it. Uh, I thought Michaels' performance in it was was really impressive. That was cracking. Yeah, um, I did. Uh, throw my t- I did pick my telly up and throw it out the window when Edge tapped to Hell's Gate though. So ah, okay. There is that as well. <laughs> so yeah, that is us. Our WrestleMania journey culminates a week on Tuesday with WrestleMania thirty seven. Yep. I'm so excited. <laughs> There's there's a match. There's a match sorry, there's a match at Mania seventeen that Heyman says this oh it's the gimmick battle royal he says this is about it. As much fun as a, as much fun as a man can have with his clothes on, <laughs> um, and that's how I feel about thirty seven. Well, it's it's good because we'll have a little bit of balance. You'll be so excited, and I'll be just um, shitting on Ob- everything. Objective, <laughs> objective, Adam. I'm just going to quickly run through some of the confirmed matches that we've got. Yeah, um, this might whet the appetite. For it. Um, so on night one, we've got the two nights again, which I quite like, concept, yep. as a concept. Um, night one, we've got Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, which I think people are lobbying for that to main event. Um, I personally don't care what main events, but um, yeah, some people are very invested in that. Uh, Cesaro versus uh, Seth Rollins. <sighs> Braun Strowman versus Shane McMahon. I think this match came about because Shane threw paint on him. And also, did you see when um, Strowman was doing his running around the ring thing that they played sound effects that sounded like a train? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, we've got the New Day versus AJ Styles and Omos, um, which is one of the matches that I'm intrigued to watch, but interesting to see what Omos is like in the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bad Bunny versus The Miz say no more and Lashley Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the world whatever championship it is undisputed or, or whatever yeah. Um, yeah not too exciting is it Cesaro v Rollins should be good I'm, I'm excited for that I, like you I'm, I'm quite keen to see what uh, what almost will bring um, hopefully something um, but yeah there's there's a lot on there that I'm not <laughs> I'm not that enthusiastic about but I will do my best let's see if I can get Perky up for night two um, Kevin Owens versus the conspiracy king Sami Zayn um, oh. and like you said to me the other day they seem to be doing something with Jake is it Jake Paul or Logan Paul or I, I, don't, I, I don't actually know the difference yeah it's someone Paul <laughs> not the boxer one oh, they're both but oh, who knows um, Biggie versus Apollo Crews for the Intercontinental title 
Okay. Uh, I'm really not digging Apollo Cruz's blood diamond um, newfound accent that he's yeah. trying on for size. Did like, they not try that with Kofi a few years ago? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how Kofi started out. He was Jamaican yeah. and then suddenly the accent just went away and I think they even mocked that at, at one point on TV said what happened to your accent uh, tri- <laughs> uh, who else Triple H said that yeah. the breaker of kayfabe um, we've got <laughs> the crispy fiend versus Randy Orton which I really hope is a blow off match and that's it <sighs> yeah what are they doing what are they doing our boy Randy Orton deserves more than this doesn't he yeah, I, I feel like off after the high of last year that Bray Wyatt deserved so much more than this, but here we are. He's now, uh, I think this was last night, I saw a picture of it on Twitter, he was sitting on a swing just looking really odd with his burnt new facade that he's got, sitting on a swing with Alexa Bliss. She appears to be keeping him inside a box or something like that. I'm so confused. Okay. It's not for us, is it? Let's nah, be honest. Maybe, maybe as being, you know, the middle-aged outlaws. We're practically maybe, middle-aged. Yeah, so maybe this is for the youth. I don't know. I'll ask, yeah, I'll get my son to watch it with me, see what he thinks. Probably he petrified. Let, let me know if he if he enjoys that. We'll, we'll bump some Bad Bunny in the background whilst we're watching <laughs> it. Um, Asuka versus Rhea Ripley. Yeah, that's fine. And uh, Edge versus Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, which is I think is now officially been made a triple threat match. Yeah, I I did um, have a a little bit of a rant about that to you in the. I just didn't feel like I I love Daniel Bryan. I absolutely love him. He's one of my favourite performers, certainly over the last few years. Um, I have no objection to him having a big match at Mania. I just didn't think this match needed the addition of a third. I was quite enthusiastic for it just being... Edge versus Roman Reigns. Yeah, I thought yeah. it had everything it needed with that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, they were they were telling quite a good story, especially when they had Edge going around the different um, brands and mm-hmm. um, popping in on NXT, uh, saying that he might, he might choose to, to fight for that belt. Same with on Raw and SmackDown and... Roman saying you need to acknowledge me as the main event and all that sort of stuff. That's yeah. a good story. Yep. Um, but now they seem to have turned Edge heel. Is that right? I've not watched so, all of Fastlane. Yeah, I mean, everything he did was a heel move. I don't know. I mean, so I suppose when, when they say, you know, a really good heel can justify what he's doing, certainly to himself. And from Edge's point of view, he's already earned all this. This is his moment. This is his time. Why is somebody else getting involved in this? Yeah. You know, and I get that. And I thought he he played that absolutely well. Um, and I think he probably will be treated as a heel, and then Daniel Bryan is the babyface going into the match. But it was one of those where it, uh, yeah, it. I, I just didn't think it needed it. No. Yeah. It's almost like they didn't actually have anything else for Daniel Bryan to do. Yeah. But um, ugh, we'll see. Yeah. Watch in isolation. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, there might be some good it's, things. It's not a match I'm, I'm dreading watching. I'm sure it will be a good match. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, I would have preferred the more straightforward storyline. And yeah. then, um, I, I, 
I was really intrigued to see how they, they like meshed in the ring and what story they told in the ring. So I think it'd be a good one. Yeah, um, me too. And then yeah, then Daniel Bryan, who is gonna, you know, he's he's a, he's a good worker. So him being in the match from a physical point of view, there'll be good things in it. I've no doubt about that. Um, but it's one of the, I almost wouldn't mind them being kind of taken out of the match and then they just go as a you know one on one. Yeah. Uh, doubt that'll happen I wonder if that's the plan you know there's that thing about Vince or someone having concerns that Edge uh, believe it or not ages day by day and he's looking older by the day I wonder if that's the the thing they're hoping that he gets carried a little yeah I mean he hasn't looked to me like he can't carry a match physically which you would think if you had a concern about an older performer rather than it being how old they look facially. <laughs> um, you would think it'd be more of a, I'm a bit worried this guy can't go for the full, you know, half hour or however long they, they have the match. But I'm not I'm not getting that that was the problem and I don't think with Edge it would be the problem. Um, no. It Listen, seems to they, be... they kept letting Undertaker wrestle WrestleMania for uh-huh. however many years. Yeah, and it, it, it does seem to be centred around his face. And yeah. It's <laughs> really sh- weird, eh? Big shock, the guy looks his age. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he doesn't look his age at all. <laughs> I mean, what is he? 40. 49 or something like that, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, so he's uh, nine years younger than me and looks about 20 years. Nine years older than me and looks about 20 years younger. <sighs> it's, it's all that makeup they put on them. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, that's it. Don't get yourself down. Yeah, so, so our next episode, episode 10, will be. Just to be a wee review of what is certain to be an absolute barn burner of an evening or two evenings. Two evenings, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so we can get our thinking caps on for what we're going to top five after that. Excellent. So, until then, everyone enjoy WrestleMania, stay safe. And uh, we've been the Middle East Outlaws. And uh, say goodbye, Adam. Goodbye, thank you, everyone. And uh, we'll see you for episode 10. Cheers.